Hi everyone, this is the Complex PTSD Guy. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I wanted to talk about two different things that I think are huge in the world of complex PTSD. Um, if you have, have complex PTSD, from, especially from your childhood, long-term childhood trauma, you should, I would imagine, I would assume, relate to these things pretty well. One of them is stress, which a lot, almost everybody relates to stress, but in relation to complex PTSD, stress, long-term stress, impairs our, our brains, our cognitive abilities, and I talked about that a little bit in the last podcast um, in relation to the really great article I mentioned in the last podcast, it was titled The Effects of Trauma on Personal Finance. That is one of the best articles I've ever read. Um, I did attach that to the Complex PTSD guy on my Twitter page. On Twitter, I should say. Um, but if you want to hear it, it was in the last podcast. Um, the two, last two podcasts related to finance. It was just a really great article. Um, if you can go out and find that on your own. I highly recommend reading that. But back to my point, so stress, I wanted to give some stress remedies because really the the biggest thing, in my opinion, that you can focus on to live a better life when you have complex PTSD is lowering your stress level because the stress is what impairs everything that's kind of going on with our brains. So if you can lower that stress level, you're going to be able to use your frontal lobe functions more and that helps you with decision making long-term planning long-term thinking um those are the things that we need more of everybody needs more of but us in particular if you have complex ptsd from childhood trauma you really need those frontal lobe functions to get some assistance and by lowering stress levels which i'm going to list 10 things that you can do again based on another article these are 10 things you can do. So I found another article um, about critical thinking and decision making. I found this on, it was, I found it on Google, but in the, um, what it says when you go into Google, it says on wikihow.com, the title of this article is how to improve your frontal lobe function. It's co-authored by Janice Typerman, and it came out in August of 2021. And this is in relation to nervous system health. Again, I attach this to my complex PTSD guy on Twitter. Um, but she lists 10 things that you can do to increase your frontal lobe function. And this is everything. This is what we all need to be doing. One is uh, play memory games or remember acronyms. So one game in particular I, I remember from my childhood was called Grandma's Trunk. And in Grandma's Trunk, it was a bunch of a deck of cards. And I literally played it with my grandma. And you would hold up one card and it would be an umbrella. So then you'd put the card in the trunk. There was a little trunk in the game, a physical trunk. And you put the card in the trunk. And then the next person has to say what that card was and then flip a new card. And you did that until you couldn't remember anymore what they were. But it was a memory game. So memorization games is number one. Number two is puzzles and brain games, which that's one of the four things that I've listed you should always keep in your view when I made my four rules to life and four things to keep in view. Number three 
is cook a new recipe. This is a great point. I think that's something I'm going to try to do every month. Cook a new recipe and also, you know, cook it again, cook it the next month and see how much you remembered of it. But cooking a recipe is great. Um, for exercise, walking, you know, that's one thing, another thing that I put on my four things to keep in view. Um, if you live with complex PTSD, anything to do with exercise is good. Particularly, I would say in relation to focus, Tai Chi is really good. I took Tai Chi classes several times. Yoga would probably be another one that's really good because there's so much focus involved, but Tai Chi was really good. Uh, five, she has meditation. I would also include your breath, focusing in on your breath. Even if it's for five minutes, focus in on your heartbeat. Um, those are things I do because your heartbeat is always with you, so you can always focus in on your heartbeat. Number six, get regular sleep. Number seven, she has some recommended foods like eating beets and leafy greens is something she lists. Um, volunteering, which that's something I really want to get involved with, particularly in relation to the field I study, which was one of my fields was history. Um, I'd like to get involved with volunteering. I have to find just the right place to do that at, though, because I'm pretty picky about where I volunteer. Nine, embrace curiosity. So maybe if you feel like maybe you're in a vacuum and you listen to one side of one thing all the time, you know, expand your mind and kind of get different points of view about things. That's kind of where I, I think she's going with that. And then number 10, say thank you. This is something I actually did today and it made me feel really good. I bought a gift certificate for my boss because I, I don't say thank you to my boss enough. Um, I've been working for her for two and a half years. And so I gave her a thank you card that said, I appreciate working for you. And I gave her a, a gift card to one of my favorite restaurants that hopefully it'll become one of her favorite restaurants too. Really good Italian restaurant. Um, two things I would add into this. These are th things she didn't list in here, but things that I recommend that I've read are also good for improving your frontal lobe function. Um, study a foreign language. For me, I'm actually going to start restudying um, American Sign Language. I studied sign language in high school, and I remember one of the songs that I did in sign language was an Alanis Morissette song called Uninvited. And maybe I'll try and relearn how to sign an Alanis Morissette song. Also, if you can play a musical instrument, this is something I probably won't actually do, but playing a musical instrument is really great. So if maybe you have a kid, you know, kids that you're raising, if you can get them to play a musical instrument, that really gets their frontal lobe working. Um, their frontal lobe functions are increased. Their abilities. Another thing I wanted to talk about on this podcast tonight, and it's so critical within the world of complex PTSD, and this goes right in there with long-term planning, long-term thinking, and decision-making, um and frontal lobe function is interpersonal skills like I am so it's so hard for me to engage in small talk I just small talk is really hard for me and tonight was a great example I actually got out of my comfort zone and I went to a party um, this evening it was a nice like evening party um, a lot of colleagues there um, and there was a lot of small talk you know just hanging out um, 
And one thing that I noticed, um, it was one thing that I tend to like to do, and I don't know why I do this, and I try really hard not to do it. Um, I, I can be a little bit, I don't want to say sarcastic, and I don't want to say negative, because I don't feel like it is sarcastic or negative, but I like to say a little joke here or there that's completely out of the blue, and I'm literally spitting out what I'm thinking. And it's it's meant to be funny. Um, and I don't know that people always find it that way. I feel like people find it negative, and I, I really hate that. I really hate that it that after I've said it, I wish I hadn't have said it. Um, so I'll give an example of that in just a second. But one thing that made me want to talk about interpersonal skills, I was watching a show, and there's a show I watch. It's a guilty pleasure, and I'm not going to say what it is. I'll just say it's reality television. So you could compare it to the real world, like what was on MTV, because it's that interpersonal, there's always those little arguments between people, almost like the way they do on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. There's all that interpersonal kind of squabbling, and I watch stuff like that because I'm fascinated to know what's acceptable and what's not and what people are turned off by and what things people can say and you know people side with them it's very fascinating for me to watch stuff like that um because I'm bad at it I'm I'm not good at that and I'm always kind of curious as to what is accepted and what isn't like what things some people find shocking and what things they don't because some things that they say I would I would think oh you can say that and get away with it because where I come from, you can't, you know. Um, so I'm always curious about that, the interpersonal skills. And I think a lot of it is very cultural. Um, you know, if you're from Jersey, you know, people engage differently or they have conversations differently. Or if you're from New York, you're going to engage differently than someone from a farm in Iowa. You know, all that interpersonal, what's acceptable to be kind of in someone's face. Whereas, you know, where are the boundaries at? And very find all that curious um, but anyway back to my point here so increasing those uh, frontal lobe function helps increase the long-term you know thinking things out and so I was watching this show again it's a guilty pleasure and someone was saying something about somebody and I already know from watching future episodes that it came back to bite her in the butt what she had said and it was kind of one of those moments where I felt like I was watching myself because she was literally saying how she felt in the moment. And then it came back to, you know, someone said to her weeks later, well, you said this. And so it was almost like she was wanting to backtrack. So that's, you know, that's something I find myself in. or I, I used to find myself in a lot more back in the day. Um, and I would say that it's almost falls in line with that whole aggressive versus versus assertive. And within the world of aggressive versus assertive, aggressive does not mean physically aggressive. They're talking about speaking aggressive. And so I took a kind of like a test on that when I got diagnosed with complex PTSD. And it was almost like a little quiz. And I failed it because I didn't understand the difference between aggressive and assertive. And aggressive is if you are speaking about someone else in ways that could be negative. That's kind of the sum of it, or the kind of the root, the heart of it. Whereas assertive is, you're not, you know, you're just, you're speaking about something, but you're not talking in some, in a way that could be gossipy. You know, that's, that's one way of looking at it. 
And that's why one of the four rules to live by that I believe in now is don't engage in gossip and watch out for the toxic social media stuff too. Um, you know, really know what you believe in before you just, you know, say something. Um, but basically that lack of not thinking long term is something I've struggled with. So tonight when I was at this party, um, someone had said something about somebody getting engaged and they said that this person and these people weren't there. We were talking about other people who got engaged because we were asking who's in this photo and someone said, oh, it's, it's my niece and they just got engaged. And when her fiance proposed, he had the cameraman there ready to take the picture of them literally have having just gotten engaged. And so I made the joke. I was thinking to myself, should I say it? Should I say it? Should I say it? And then I just thought, you know, what's, is it bad? I, you know, I don't know. And so I said, um, well, it's a good thing she said yes, because if she had said no, it's like, let's take a picture. You just said no. You know, it was like, that's like the comedian coming out of me. Um, and it's just hard for me to know because nobody else in that room would have said that. You know what I mean? These are like professional people. And I, I don't know. It just, it always makes me think like, am I, if I was hearing myself say that, if I was somebody else in the room, what would my mindset be? You know, you know, how would I view them? But, you know, it always makes me think, am I judging myself too harshly? Um, but it's one of those little moments. It was one of those moments where I, I almost didn't want to say it because another situation popped up, which I did not say, but I wanted to, um, cause somebody at my job recently, I don't know if they were fired or they quit, but I had asked one person, Oh, is, uh, what day is a such and such work? And they were like, Oh, they don't work here anymore. And that was all they said. And my curiosity was so curious. I wanted to literally say what happened, you know, but I, I reframed, I, I refrained myself. Um, and I wanted to ask it again tonight. I wanted to ask somebody, you know, where is so-and-so? What happened? Because nobody's saying anything about it. And it made me kind of wonder, you know, what happened? Because this was someone who, in my view, had no intention of leaving or quitting. So I think they got fired. And so it made me want to, you know, my curiosity was there. And it was, you know, I guess it would be inappropriate to ask. So I didn't say anything. But I'm still wondering about it. <laughs> um, you know, it's those little things where... I need to work us more on focusing on this de-stressing stuff, um, focusing on my frontal lobe function to help me with my long-term, not just thinking, but really my decision-making and how I engage with people in my interpersonal skills. On an interpersonal level, I have to, this is one thing I really have to work on just to be, you know, a, a better person or you know, not engage with the gossip because I knew that if I had asked, you know, it, it was none of my business why they had, you know, been fired allegedly or supposedly. Um, but really I had to remind myself, okay, don't ask about that because that would be gossip. You know, don't do that. Um, so I had to, that's why I think it's so important to keep that. I have my four rules to live by. Number three is don't engage in gossip. Um, cause it is an aggressive form of communication. So if I had asked that question, what happened to her? Um, that would have been that example of aggressive communication. I would have been speaking 
asking about something about someone that could that was could make could be like negative about them so that that was the point if i had asked that it would have been a negative about them possibly so that's why it's aggressive um you know but my curiosity is there maybe that's that childish immature part of my brain you know just wanting to know um but when i was younger i was really bad at that i had a real issue with that um when i was a kid you know my frontal lobe function in relation to stuff like this got me into a lot of trouble um because i was like a goof off when i was little but then in high school i was the opposite i was extremely shy isolated because when i was about 11 or 12 me being that goof off it got me in trouble um so then i just shut down because i didn't know how to communicate i didn't know i didn't know what was right or what was wrong um i still feel that way when i watch these reality shows and i see this interpersonal stuff i'm i'm still very you know find it fascinating to know what things they find acceptable and what things they don't you know and why you know where is it coming from or how is it they're all agreeing on this without even knowing each other those types of things i just it's interesting to me um but again i hope that you know some of this stuff can help us all decrease stress because that really is the backbone that stress is the backbone of why we have so many of our issues because our brains are on that heightened alert all the time rather than being able to you know help or exercise our frontal lobe functions the frontal lobe was just being completely ignored and it wasn't our fault it was the stress around us that was causing our frontal lobe not to really get the attention it needed so what we weren't you know developing correctly but i think there's always you know a chance to get better and this is just one way these you know 10 things to do to you know improve your frontal lobe function um that is most of what i want to share for this evening this is the complex ptsd guys signing off Thank you.